Good morning, everybody. We're so glad you're here. And good morning to everybody that's watching online. I wanted to let you know of a couple of quick announcements that we have. Uh, today, we are going to have drive-through communion in the portico. Um, that's from 5 to 7 for anybody who would like to come. And you can also bring a benevolence gift if you feel led to do so. Uh, we have a lot of people coming to the church daily asking for assistance during this time. Um, check out our online journey groups and Sunday school classes. They are, are, they are great. Uh, you will like to be a part of those. Our youth and kids are back in person. We've been back in person for a couple of months now. Uh, the kids meet outside in the portico and the youth are meeting outside in the courtyard on Wednesday nights. Uh, we spread out a little bit and we're outside, so it's a lot of fun. You want to check that out. This is the best news ever. Are you ready? Is everybody ready for the best news ever? Trunk or Treat is happening October 25th from 2 to 4 at, at the home of Mark and Allison Casey. It's going to be outside. Uh, there's going to be hot dogs, a petting zoo, lots and lots of candy. And if you want to help, you can bring your vehicle and have some candy in your trunk. It's going to be great. Uh, like I said, it's all outdoors. And if you want to help with that, Catherine, would you raise your hand? Catherine Barnes is who you want to contact. And if you're watching online, message on Facebook. We will, we will get you uh, in contact with Catherine. And you are going to have such a blast at Trunk or Treat at the Casey's house on October 25th from 2 to 4. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful uh, to be able to worship together this morning, whether we're worshiping online or in person. Uh, we pray right now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning. I'm glad that you're here today. I'm glad that if you're worshiping with us online, most of our celebration folks are still worshiping uh, at home. Or I hope that maybe you're sitting out on the back deck today. It's beautiful weather. And you are connected to us whether you're here in person or whether you're at home or at the campground or wherever you're worshiping with us today. We feel that connection to you. Um, for those who are here, you're in for a treat because Miss Catherine's going to take you to Children's Church. To anybody who wants to go to Children's Church with Miss Catherine now, uh, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. We're going to um, we're going to have our word of prayer in just a second, and I want to tell you what you are supporting when you choose to support Gaston First United Methodist Church and our ministries. We had hundreds of people that we served on Friday at our ladle of love in the month of September. Every uh, Friday we continue to do that. We serve them out of the portico and uh, they get uh, a lunch and they're so appreciative and thank you for serving people and feeding them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by supporting the church. You're supporting that. You are also supporting our uh, clothes closet which we have on Broad Street which we give away for free uh, twice a month. We have uh, a very grateful group of people who come and who participate and it's wonderful we got the best clothes closet in the world because you go in and it's just like shopping at a store everything's all decorated and divided by sizes we have volunteers there that help so when you support our church you're supporting that so I just wanted to remind you and I want to thank you for supporting our church if you're here today and you want to um, make an offering the offering plates are by the exits uh, continue to give online and continue to give by mail, and we love you and appreciate you for doing that. Will you join me now as we have a word of prayer? Gracious God, this time of fall is a time of transition, and we thank you for that. Because, Lord, we need transitions in our lives. We need to transition out of despair into hope. We need to transition out of... Um, the disease into healing and and out of worry into joy so help us Lord as we go through this time of transition to go your way to run to you we ask that you would pour out your healing power upon our nation Lord we need a, a spiritual awakening we need spiritual healing uh, we we need a, a healing of the mind Lord, we, we still are experiencing uh, injustice and oppression and racism and all of the things that go along with that. We need to be healed of the, of the hate and the division. But we also need a physical healing. Lord, from uh, all of the anonymous people who are still getting sick from uh, COVID and who are struggling and who are dying to... The, all the way up to our president and the first lady of the United States and senators and staffers and all of all of us are affected by this pour out your healing power upon us Lord father I, I pray for um, the Jordan family uh, father who lost their uh, beloved family member Johnny this last week who was a worship pastor over in Dora Alabama and who was a wonderful servant of yours. And for all those who are struggling, for all those who are grieving, for all those who are hurting, 
We lift them up to you right now, Lord. And God, we pray that you would take what we give to you, which is our praise, our life, our tithes and offerings. Take all of that, Lord, and use it to further your kingdom. May your kingdom come in us today. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Christ's name. Amen.
Oh, um, Lori, will you hand me my um, little, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I, uh, I can't, can't do the message today without my, this, and I need to explain what this is to begin with. Um, this is my, this is my cussing horn. And uh, whenever I'm tempted to say a, a cuss word, I, I, and I want to tell you what, I just about wore this out during the Auburn game last night. It's, we're lucky it's still here. Um, so I need to, to share that with you today. And the, the reason I brought that is because we're, we're starting a series today and going all the way through the month of October from the book of Job. And um, so this seems appropriate today. So we're going to read Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22 today. So hear now the word of the Lord. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell on the ground, and worshipped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrongdoing. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. People have had different ways of expressing they're feeling that they've just about had enough. They've about had all they can take. I remember growing up, I watched uh, the little cartoon uh, Popeye. You know, Popeye the Sailor Man. Did any of y'all ever, anybody ever watch Popeye? If you're watching online and you watch Popeye, just put um, Amen or something on there. I don't know. But when I was growing up watching Popeye, Popeye had this this nemesis named Bluto, who was a big old, basically a big old bully. And he was also uh, the competition uh, to get olive oil. So there was always this conflict between Popeye and Bluto. And Bluto would always do something, and he would always do something to olive oil or to Popeye. And it would get so bad that Popeye would finally get fed up, and he would say something like, that's all I can stand because I can't stand no more. And then he would open up a can of spinach and he would eat it. And then he would open up a can of <laughs> on Bluto, right? Um, and that's always the way. But he had to get to the point where he couldn't stand anymore, you know. And then when I was a teenager, there was this movie called Network. And I don't know if anybody ever saw it. It wasn't that great of a movie, honestly. But it, it just became iconic. There, it was about the cutthroat nature of network TV. And my wife can attest to that. She worked at a TV station. It's all about the ratings. And if you're getting the ratings, then everybody's happy. But if the ratings are down, then people are just about to go crazy. And there was this network anchor named Howard Beale. And he was under tremendous pressure because it was rating seasons and their ratings weren't good. And finally, he got to the point where he couldn't stand it anymore. And he just snapped right on network TV. And he went off of teleprompter. And he started making this long speech about how he was fed up with everything. And he said these words, I'm mad as... And I'm not going to take this anymore. 
And then he told everybody watching, he said, I want you wherever you are, you're watching at home, I want you to get up, I want you to get out of your chair, and I want you to go over to the window, and I want you to raise the window, and I want you to stick your head out the window, and I want you to say, I'm mad as... And I'm not going to take this anymore. Did any of y'all ever see that? I could just picture people in New York City right, raising their windows and leaning out and yelling that. Well, do you know that feeling? Even if you don't know anything about Popeye or you don't recognize that, that movie, um, the way people say it this day and age is they're likely to say, I'm over it. I'm over it. I mean, I've heard parents saying, you know, this whole homeschool thing, I'm over it. Or people that's like wearing these masks. I don't know. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm, I'm had enough. I've, I can't take any more of it. Just about everything. I'm just over it. Back in August, um, when college classes started going back and we are all three of ours went off to college to, we had you know reports of what was going on at three different campuses right and uh, one of the campuses um, there was viral pictures and videos going around about the college students who were gathering together like college students do and they were um, you know, all up in each other's faces like college students are, and they weren't paying any attention to wearing a mask or anything like that in any of the restaurants, any of the bars, any of the fraternity houses or anything like that. And there was this video that was circulating around that was showing a picture of these college students doing things that college students are, are likely to do. And there was a, a little song that was in the background of this video and the little song went like this COVID's not over just because you're over it COVID's not over just because you're over it and that's true isn't it it is true two things can be true at the same time you know you know that don't you two things can be true at the same time and this is true we We've had about all we could stand of this stuff. And the second truth is, it's not over yet. It's not over with just because you're over it. And that's, that's why I think we need more than ever before, maybe more than ever in our lifetimes, to learn some truth about what it means to suffer from one of the oldest books in the Bible, the book of Job, from the person who really could be the poster child of suffering, Job himself. So in the month of October, we're going to be looking at the book of Job. We're going to be learning about what we can learn from our suffering. We're going to experience the communion of suffering. We're going to talk about that today because this is World Communion Sunday. Um, and you say, well, Pastor, don't we usually have communion on the World Communion Sunday? And, and yes, we do. So it's just that in this day and age, our communion is going to look like drive-through communion. So this afternoon from 5 to 7 at the portico on the other end of the church, come through and receive drive-through communion because our normal way of doing communion is uh, not a real smart way uh, of doing communion right now. 
where we're going to talk about the communion of suffering. We're going to talk about next week the questions that get dredged up in our hearts about suffering. The third week, we're going to talk about how to be a friend in suffering because Job had some, some pretty uh, good examples of how not to be a friend <laughs> during suffering with his friends. And then the last Sunday of the month, we're going to talk about how that suffering shapes us into something useful like a potter and the clay. So, the communion of suffering. Suffering is, is really communion. We tend to think of communion just as the bread and the wine or having a common meal. But suffering is real communion because it's something that we, we share together. It's something that we all can share together. Um, Pastor Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life. Y'all remember The Purpose Driven Life? I, I was watching him on a video uh, uh, not too long ago, and I heard him say something that, that really piqued my attention. He said, God loves you and has a painful plan for your life. And my ears perked up. And I thought, well, Pastor Rick, you had me up to the point of painful, and I'm not sure I like that, <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it is true. God's plan does include pain in our lives. It's, it's part of life, and God doesn't do that just because God is mean or something like that. It, it, it's just that pain and suffering gives us benefits that we can't get any other way, and when we go through this suffering, then something happens. And it's a word that the Bible calls koinonia, and it means, it means communion. It means sharing something in common. There's something about suffering together that binds us and gives a bond that, that you just don't experience any other way. You see this every time you see a group of military veterans get together. You see them talk about their stories and, and the common experiences. Maybe they went through war together. Maybe they just went through boot camp together. But you see that. You see that whenever you see a, um, a reunion of people that played on a sports team together. You know? Uh, just like last year, a high school reunion. Um, me and the guys on the same football team, we talked together and we talked about all those state championships we won. That was a joke, by the way. Uh, but we went through this together, right? We, we went through, for people that went through band camp together, people that worked, maybe you just worked on the same job, right? Maybe you worked on the same job and the boss was a real turkey. And then you get together with people that you work together with and you have a bond because of the shared suffering. Um, we call it fellowship for a reason, because we're fellows in the same ship, okay? We're in the same boat, and that connects us. Suffering is real communion because it also not just connects us with each other, it connects us with Christ, because you see, Christ suffered, and Christ said, in this world we experience tribulation. You ever wonder why that is? Why he said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation? Well, the systems of this world, the systems of this world are hostile toward God and toward God's kingdom. Uh, have you ever heard somebody say, well, that's just the way of the world? 
We hear people say that. And when we hear people say that's just the way of the world, and I don't know, sometimes they're just excusing the behavior of somebody or the way that the system just kind of crushes over people. They're, they're just saying, just in a resigned way, that's just the way of the world. Maybe they're trying to excuse their own behavior. Maybe they're saying, okay, well, you know, I cheated on my taxes, and that's just the way of the world. Or, oh, you know, I cheated on my spouse, and that's just the way of the world. Well, here's the thing about us. We're supposed to be following Jesus, and we're not supposed to be following the way of the world, which is hostile toward God. So we're supposed to be the resistance for any of you Star Wars fans. Uh, we're supposed to be the resistance against the way of the world if we're following Jesus. And that resisting the way of the world is going to cause hostility toward us. And yes, sometimes even persecution. Sometimes even persecution by a system that opposes God. On Wednesday nights, we've been having a Bible study on the Gospel of John. And it's an online Bible study, but I still hope you join us. If you haven't um, been with us so far, you can go to our website, uh, fumcgadson.org, and you can see an archive of the previous week's but a couple of weeks ago, we were studying John chapter 15, and Jesus was giving his final teaching to his disciples, and here's what he said. He said, if the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. If you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. Because you do not belong to the world, but you have cho I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I say to you, servants are not greater than their master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If, you, if they kept your, my word, they will keep yours also. It's just suffering is something that we will experience that ties us to Christ in a way that other things can't. Paul wrote in his letter to the Philippian church in chapter 3, he talked about all of his accomplishments that he had, all of his pedigree. Um, he was uh, from the tribe of Benjamin, and he was a Pharisee, and he talked about all of these things that he had accomplished, and he said that he counted all of that as rubbish. Here's the one goal that Paul said that he had. I want to know Christ in the power of his resurrection and in the, listen to this, in the fellowship of his suffering. In the fellowship or the communion of his suffering. There are some things that we just can't see. There are things that we literally just can't see except through suffering. I went to, uh, to college before the turn of the century. I just like saying that because it's literally true and it makes me sound that much older, but... When I went to college, um, I took a class in photography. And in my class in photography, we used real cameras. We didn't use the cameras that were on our cell phones because we didn't have cell phones. And my children are rolling their eyes and saying, okay, boomer. But um, anyway, that's what we did. We had cameras and we took pictures. And here's what we would do. We got from those pictures we took something called a negative. And we took that into a dark room. Are you getting the imagery here? 
We took that into the dark room and we would expose the negatives to certain chemicals and they would develop. And then we had this machine-like thing and we would shine the light through that and the negative would develop on a special kind of photographic paper and over a period of time and after some more chemicals and stuff like that and hanging them up on a little line, eventually a picture would be visible that wasn't visible before. So remember how I said before that, that God has a plan for our lives that includes pain and suffering? Well, God has a plan for the pain and the suffering. And the plan looks like this. When we experience the darkness and we experience the negatives, then God shines his light through that somehow. I don't understand how it all works, but God shines his light through that somehow until what develops is the picture that God had in mind all along. We may not see it right now, but that's what happens. I don't know if that helps you, but it helps me. Especially when I think all I'm getting is negatives and all I'm getting is darkness. Suffering becomes communion with Christ when our attitude is right. And if there's anything I have to pray over, it's my attitude. I mean, a lot I have to pray about. So let me ask you this, just on a scale of one to five, with five being the highest and one being the lowest, uh, how important do you think that attitude is? Will you hold up your, will you give me a high five? Give me a high five from home. Attitude. You see, that's what sets Job apart. And that's what's amazing to me. With everything that Job lost, everything that he lost. And Job was, you have to understand, an upright man. The Bible says in chapter 1 of Job, he was blameless, he feared God, he turned away from evil. But Satan, the accuser, said this to God. He said, of course Job is good. You're paying him to be good. If you take away all of his stuff, then he won't be good anymore. And we see how that all of Job's stuff was taken away, literally all of his stuff. The Sabaeans stole all of his donkeys and his oxen. All of his sheep were burned by a fiery meteorite. All of his children were gathered together at the oldest child's house to celebrate a birthday party. And a tornado came and hit the house. And all of his children were taken away from him. All of that loss And instead of shaking his fist at heaven and saying, God, I'm mad as, and I'm not going to take this from you anymore. Job, what he actually did was he tore his robe and he shaved his head, which was sign of grief and lament. And he fell to the ground and he worshiped God and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, grief and lament are something that we expect when we lose something precious to us. Jesus grieved. Jesus 
groaned and from deep within his spirit, Jesus cried and shed tears. But what's important here, remember how important we said attitude was. Job's attitude was this. You know, I came into this world naked, without a thing. And when I return to God, I'm not going to take anything back with me. My dad used to say, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse because you can't take it with you when you go, right? In the meantime, everything in my life, including my life itself, was given to me as a gift from God. Everything, I don't have anything that wasn't given to me as a blessing from God. And so it all belongs to God, including me. So whether I have it or whether I don't have it, blessed be the name of the Lord. That was the attitude that Job had. Which is amazing to me because I've already said if I have to pray about anything on a daily basis, three times a day, it's my attitude, right? So let's think about it for us. We've been talking about Job. Let's think about it for us. Have we lost things in 2020? I'm not talking about our car keys. Have we lost people? Have we lost a way of life? Have we lost confidence? Yes. Yes, and a hundred other things that I haven't mentioned. But honestly, was it a blessing from God in the first place? Yeah. It was all a blessing from God. Going through 2020, uh, I don't know, it can bind us together. It can bind our hearts to God and it can bind us with each other. I really believe that. I really believe that because I believe in God who can shine his light through the negatives into a picture that will develop into something beautiful. Maybe we don't understand it. Maybe we can't see it. But I believe it'll happen because of who God is. And one day we will see. After months of suffering and really some heart-to-heart talks with God, Job said this at the end of the book in chapter 42 of Job. He said, God, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. So what will we see after 2020 is over with? I don't know. But I think it can bind us together. I think it can tie us to God. John Fawcett was a Baptist minister in England in the 18th century. He served in a, a rural parish where, where the people in, in 18th century England just basically scratched the living out. One historian said this. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before. He said that they were poor as Job's turkey. Uh, that's, that's pretty poor. But John's uh, church was, was so poor that they paid him in wool and potatoes. Now, I like wool and potatoes as much as the next person. But uh, uh, for the record, please don't pay me in wool and potatoes. Um, but John and his wife Mary raised four children in this parish Uh, called Waynesgate Parish 
in London, and he, he worked hard, and he was recognized by other churches, and he was offered a much larger church in London. And he and his wife prayed about that and agonized over that, and they finally decided that they would accept the offer of the church in London. And John wrote a special hymn for his last Sunday. Don't be expecting that kind of thing out of me, but uh, that's what he did because that's what you did in 18th century England. And his uh, hymn that he sang, they sang at the end of the service on his last Sunday, went like this. Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred hearts is like to that above. And then the last verse goes like this. When we asunder part, it gives us inward pain. But we shall still be joined in heart and hope to meet again. And then John and Mary loaded all of their stuff on, on a two-wheel wooden cart. And all the church gathered around them and everyone was crying and hugging them. And um, they were about to pull away with their little two-wheeled wooden cart. And Mary looked at John and said, John, I just can't stand this. I can't do it. And he said, Mary, Lord, help me. I can't do it either. So they stopped and they unloaded the stuff off their cart. And they ended up staying there in Wainsgate Parish for 54 years. I did mention they were Baptist and not Methodist, right? Um, but nevertheless, this song that they wrote is so powerful because it's so true. There is a tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. There is a fellowship and a communion. And it has to do with what we go through together. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, there have been many times that we have uh, felt like opening the window and sticking our head out and screaming. There have been many times when we thought, I just can't take another thing. I, I can't go through one more loss. I can't bear one more burden. Uh, but somehow, Lord, you've helped us through. We've made it through this far, Lord. We have shared each other's pain. We have felt for each other in the midst of loss. There is something about going through what we've gone through today that connects us to you and binds us to each other. So, Lord, help us to work on our attitude in the midst of our grieving and lamenting. Help us to realize that everything we have was a gift from you to begin with. And help us to say, like Job did, blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
And now don't forget to come and join us for drive through communion from 5 to 7 this evening. And now hear this benediction. Oh God, we came here with nothing but all that you have given us. So we ask, Lord, make new wine out of us. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>